All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Roger and Stone Show, Beer and a Song, with my homeboy, Nate, as always, here, representing. It has been a long fucking time, man. How have you been? Yeah, happy to be back. Missed it. Uh, yeah. Happy to get to it. Last episode I think I did was with, uh, I think with, with honestly, was, was Jim, but uh, this is more of a take two for us, because I did kind of botch the first one that was actually pretty cool, but... Uh, People listening, I was supposed to put out one that Nate and I did, but <laughs> I think it was a long day, and I messed it up pretty bad. <clears throat> I guess uh, I only got the last twenty minutes of our conversation, and then I went back and listened. Oh, and I was ac- like, actually recorded. Bitch. Yeah, I got. I think I got your song, and then what you were talking about afterwards, and I was kicking myself in the ass, and I was like, God damn it, man, what the fuck? So yeah, still a good, good convo, and you'll yeah. no one else will ever get to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just us talking on the phone. So yeah, yeah always man. a good time to have a beer and bullshit. Oh about yeah, music, dude. So. Yeah, and I and uh, like I was explaining to you earlier, I just ordered way too much and too much came in, and I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to have a lot of uh, a lot of guests come on and help me drink this beer. Let's get into it, man. What have you What have you been up to, man? What's What's been happening during this this crazy crazy time? Yeah, I mean, I guess we are in September now, so. Uh, Wherever we're at on this on the COVID timeline, not real sure. Um, pretty much a nail in the coffin for us getting a brewery off the ground this year. Um, I mean, mm. I'm thankful we did get it open sooner. That would have been a nightmare and a disaster. Oh yeah. So that's pretty much uh, funding is is a problem now with with COVID. So we're pretty much shelving that, and that is a down the road, you know, two, three, four, five year project. Um, I have been working as a doctor scribe for an ophthalmologist, which is kind of a whole new venture. But uh, ultimately looking to get back into the technical game, technical field. You know, I was in engineering for 10 years. So I am uh, working as a doctor scribe, looking for a tech job back in the tech industry. And uh, we, have the, we have the land and the architecture plans for the brewery. But the funding and the, the public, the, w- the way the, the world works right now, opening a public business, is it's just not going to happen gonna right happen. now. So, yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm home brewing and looking to get back to work and working in the meantime. And uh, it is what it is these days, you know. Yeah. I mean, staying on the subject, if you don't mind, um, like you said, so it's basically a blessing. I, would you consider it a blessing that this happened then at like before? I mean, or, or, I mean considering you weren't open when this happened? Our goal was to open this spring. So had we opened in spring, we would essentially, our grand opening would have been right when everything got shut down, which, mm. yeah, that would have been a disaster. So yeah, yeah. do I want a brewery right now? Yeah, I sure do. But do I want a brewery? opening during covid that's all being you know paid for on loans no hell no so um you know like i said it kind of is what it is and uh i'm not crying in the corner about it yeah you just gotta you know pick up pick yourself up dust yourself off and move on yeah. we still have the land we still have the architecture plans so that's not going away so um you know i'm it's not the end of the world, but it's a change of plans for sure. Yeah. I mean, because I know a lot of businesses, uh, just things I've been watching online and interviews with, uh, with, with business owners, it's like there's, there's no way we're coming back from this. I heard somebody say that like 50% of microbreweries are expected to, to fold, to collapse. So, you know, yeah, I am glad that I didn't open a brewery this spring. Certainly, yeah. that would have been awful um so i mean if anything it'll um, probably give you a little bit more time to save up man to uh 
get everything up and going or at least yeah um, i mean you know get some beers lined up get some more ducks in a row i mean we were kind of making this up as we went along which you know that's there's pluses and minuses of doing it that way um this way it'll be a little bit more controlled and less um our only option you know if i'm working a full-time engineering tech job then it can be a little bit more leisurely and and make things work the way we want them to work versus I wasn't working at all and this was all being done on a loan we just needed to do it as fast as possible yeah. so I'm not again it's not the end of the world it's certainly a setback but I mean you either you either move on or don't you know what am I gonna do go go lay down in the corner for yeah you know what, do you, what yeah, else that, you gotta do that, so, that doesn't help so um, you know I'm okay with where it's at where we're at um, like I said, I'm my goal right now is to kind of get back into the tech and engineering field. But in the meantime, I'm I'm in the medical biz, which is a whole new ball game for me. Uh, yeah. Pretty interesting, pretty fast paced. Um, it's going good. Good man, that's good to hear. Um, you've been, I'm guessing you've been working through this whole thing. Or did you take? Yeah, a bit yeah. Of a break? I mean, I'm working in medical, so it's you know we have uh, all these strict parameters and guidelines and. You know, only it doesn't work the way it used to work before COVID. You can only let a certain number of people in the office at a time. We don't have a waiting room. You have to disinfect the rooms between each patient. We're in full, you know, gear to just do eye exams. So it's it's a different world, but it's working. And knock on wood, we haven't had any mishaps, infections, mm -hmm. scares, anything like that. So we're just uh, we're just moving along. Good. Well, that's good, man. Cause, uh, yeah, that's another thing too. I've been nonstop since this started. <laughs> it's it's lightening up a bit, uh, but at the same time, I guess now that everything's kind of picking back up slowly, you know, on my end, jobs are kind of getting spread out. So it's like, shit, what's gonna happen next? I won't lose my job. I just don't know where I'm gonna end up next. But yeah, same deal, man. Just nonstop working, which I, I'm not mad about. You know, sure, I'm, sure. I'm definitely not mad about. Um. But, uh, yeah, man, let's go ahead and kick this off, man. Let's get this going. I'm excited to do this, man. It's been just so fucking long, and I got I guess maybe it's something we could talk about afterwards about what just happened and why it just seems like I fell off. But, uh, yeah, brother, what are you drinking tonight? I got a little something special after uh, kind of coming, coming with the weak game for a couple of episodes. Uh, me and Tara <laughs> went up to Hendersonville, North Carolina, had a little had a little date date ourselves. Uh, our daughter went and stayed with Grandma and Grandpa. Uh, ended up at Oklawaha Brewing Company, mm. Oklawaha, which I assume is some Cherokee reference. I'm just going to go ahead and s assume that. Maybe that's racistly white of me, but I'm going to assume <laughs> that that's a Cherokee race, uh, reference. Um, but I got a uh, blackberry coconut tart. Ooh. And the official description, and first of all, let's talk. Hendersonville is a tiny little mountain town. Everything's localized. It's got kind of a, a small, I mean, I'd say small little tourist, but not like tourist, like some big city or some big place. It's like this quiet little sleepy mountain town. Everything's localized. So this beer is all made out of local ingredients from the surrounding area. So the official description from the brewery is... Sour porter aged on local blackberries from McDonald's Farm. Yes, really, McDonald's Farm, uh, which is right there in Hendersonville, and then finished with house-toasted dried coconut. So it is a sour porter blackberry 
toasted coconut concoction. And I, I was very, like, curious, but also, like, that sounds very hard to pull off, like, well. And it's awesome. It is not too sour, but it's definitely there. It's more, like, tart in the back end from the blackberries. Mm. Still has the body and color and taste of a porter. I mean, you taste porter, Ooh. and then the back end is this tart little blackberry. Um, very, very dry. Um, it's kind of one of those beers that the more you drink, the, like, thirstier you are the drier uh, your mouth is yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely definitely toasted coconut uh like essentially you taste porter and then you're you get the smacky tart sour in there and then the finish is all just dry coconut like it's a really interesting little hill you you, you roll over when you drink it so yeah. very impressed very impressed 6.4 percent uh alcohol content and uh yeah it sounded it sounded like a confetti concoction but it all works out okay very very well done nice nice yeah that's usually the way it is with those those damn tarts man i i i uh i just had a tart not too long ago it was uh all it was like an all berry tart i sent through i sent you a picture of that when we, uh yeah, Joe yeah and the I oops all it. berries yeah that's one of those where it's just like yeah dude i, I gotta have another drink well i gotta have another drink and next thing yeah, you know yeah. five minutes later you're like holy shit where'd my beer go <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah. that and uh Another best way to describe it is like having an amaretto stone sour. Same, okay, okay, same yeah. thing, man. I, I I drink way too many of those one night at a at a local bar during a show, and uh, I don't remember much of what happened afterwards. Yeah, I'm, I'm really into that. the sours this summer. Like you know, we've talked about this extensively. I'm just not an IPA guy. I just they bore me. I'm tired of them. They're everywhere. It's not even an interesting beer to make. Um, so. But, you know, summer, you can't drink a big heavy stout. I mean, you can, I do, but you should drink a big heavy stout beer in summer. So sours kind of became my summer beer, something mm. cool and refreshing and, mm. you know, a little bit better for hot weather. But, but these dark sours, I just, I never knew you could do dark sours until just this, this recently, this year, I've kind of stumbled across all these dark sours. And I'm just really enjoying them. They're just so interesting and and unique and you know full body dark heavy beer but then that like light sour texture at the same time and taste and if you can make a porter sour and make it good that's just impressive to yeah me. you're really yeah you're doing some work so it is so wait a minute it, it, it's a porter it's a tart porter or what it's is a, it it's a it is a porter is the official is what it officially is. It is a porter aged on local blackberries and then finished with a toasted dried coconut. Ooh. I asked the bartender if it was a proper sour, meaning sour organisms used in it, um, and he didn't know for sure. And I asked if it was made right there because you can't make sours and clean beers in the same place. I'm glad you and brought he said that, that Yeah, and he said that they use a different uh, uh, mash. They use a different mash and fermenter for it, meaning they keep it separated. But even doing it in separate fermenters, those they you still don't want those organisms to mix. I mean, they can get out in the air, they can get on your hands, they can get on the floor, they can kind of get everywhere. So I don't know if it's a fully organism-based sour or if it's just tarted out with the blackberries and kind of made to sour but it works again it's a porter it's heavy you can taste porter it's all there but then it just has this super tarty smacky kind of swallow and then this dry 
coconut aftertaste. It's it's just like it's just like a little roller coaster ride yeah, up, over yeah. and down, and it and it works really well. It's not gimmicky. It's not even one of those where you drink it in a you know little what do you call it, a little dessert glasses that they do sweet beers the, in. Uh, sniff it's not like something. Yeah, it's not something you're just going to drink, you know, eight ounces of, and that's all you need. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, you saw my can. It's a 32-ounce can of this stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and you can sit and drink it. So it's drinkable. It's in for a long haul. You could drink oh, as many of these as you wanted. It's not too sweet, or it's not too sour, tart, where it kind of is just too much. Uh, the heaviness is there. Like, they could do some damage. You could have a couple of these and, and wind up on your on your butt. Again, I'm glad you brought up not keeping a sour along with any other beer if you can explain to people why that is because i always have a great time because when like i was saying um i may have told you this in the past one of my favorite breweries out here uh mainly because it's five minutes up the road i could ride my bike and be there in 10 minutes if i wanted to it's literally right up the road it's 18th street brewery but they also have uh a i guess would be another brewery but it's down the block, kind of like half a block away, and it's called Sour Note Brewing, and yeah. that's all they do is sours, tarts, uh, farmhouse ales, things like that. Uh, and you explained to me because you had asked me before about that, like, oh well, is it in the same place? And I remember telling you, no, no, it's like half a block up. And then what was it that you explained to me why they do that? If you can explain it yeah. to the audience. <laughs> so the reason sour beers are sour is because you add a a a living organism like a bacteria to them in the process and that's what sours it out that's where you get that sour note from and that stuff is so tenacious it's so tough and it spreads everywhere that if you tried to do when you're talking about sours versus other beers there are other beers referred to as clean that's just the, the, the term they use so if you're making sours and cleans in the same facility in the same room in the same building those sour organisms essentially will get into your clean beers and it will just sour everything out. So if you're making sours, you need to do it separately from uh, clean beers to keep those organisms isolated. Um, there's a very big brewery that I'm sure most people know of in Asheville, Wicked Weed. They're, they're in most grocery stores. Um, they, they have the same thing. They have an entire sour brewery, restaurant, facility, hangout, concerts, and then they have their clean facility. Uh, same reason. You, you, can't, you can't mix them or all of your clean beers will become sours. Yeah. See, I, I, I didn't know that, and I'm like, why are they way over there when they can do it over here? But now that you told me that, I was like, dude, that's, pre- that's pretty fucking awesome. That's cool how they did that. Um, yeah, so that's why I don't know when I say I don't know if this is a proper sour it is not made in a different facility. He didn't know that they specifically used a the, the the souring agent. I even though he said it was in a separate fermenter, that just doesn't sound feasible to have a full blown sour just right next to a clean beer and yeah. just have it in a different fermenter and it's fine. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that this is kind of soured out on the blackberries, um, and that's the and it's you know that's kind of how they're souring it. Maybe I'm totally wrong about that. I tried to find out but couldn't get all the details. But uh, again, I questioned if this would just be a gimmicky beer that you taste once and be like, yep, that was interesting. Never going to drink that again. <laughs> but I got a 30, you know, I drank two of them there and I brought a 32 ounce home and, and you can, you can ride or die on it, man. It's a good <laughs> beer. I'm excited to see what you're going to do, man. 
once uh once you get this brewery up and going, man. Grand opening's gonna be awesome. I wanna see what you we'll made. be doing. We'll be trying. Um, yeah. but what uh, what you got to, what you got? To? What I have today, thank you for asking, sir, and thank you for breaking that down. The great explainer strikes again. Uh, what I'm drinking is from Revision Brewing. Uh, coming out of Sparks, Nevada, what I'm drinking is a hazy IPA. I, I know how you feel about IPAs, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we're running at about uh, we're running about six horsepower here. Uh, sm- called S- Smashing Sandcastles, and as I showed you, it's it's the logo is pretty hilarious, man. It's just <laughs> I don't know what it is, but somebody like in Hawaiian, like a little creature in Hawaiian shorts, just smashing sandcastles. It's pretty funny. Nice. Um, the one thing I can say about it, uh, just you know, shooting out the top of my head here, is it's you can definitely taste the hoppiness to it, but it doesn't linger. Like you know how some dry uh ipas are especially like with hazies they're they're not as heavy and the taste doesn't linger so it kind of just like disappears right away so leaving it to where you know you can go for another sip and not have to worry about that that kind of i don't know how like bite but yeah i like to say it's kind of metallic the first time i had an ipa it's, it's pretty hilarious the beer was called long hammer and you could just imagine the sexual jokes i threw out there a little sexual in your long hammer that's my nickname you know so um the way I described it, it just tasted like somebody poured like a beer through a like through a uh, a dirty sock that had a whole bunch of rusty nickels right into another glass and like here you go drink. Yeah. So that's that's what it tastes like. But as time went on, you know, you get a little bit you know used to these IPAs and some of the whatevers. Um, IPAs like you, I'm not a fan of IPAs. Every now and then I'll go to one. Uh, what I've discovered is some hazy IPAs, they, they tend to have fun with like the best one I had was a mango, I hazy IPA. And that one just blew me back. I was like, okay, for an IPA, this is pretty damn delicious. You know? Yeah. That's funny. You say that because I, Tara, my wife loves IPAs and, and of course we've talked extensively that I just do not like them except for whenever she gets a hazy IPA. Hazy IPAs are good, yeah. and so everything you just said, I agree a hundred percent with. Not even just trying to be like, yeah, me too, but like the hazy IPA is the way to do an IPA for yeah. me. It's, yeah, that's it's that's a good IPA. I, I feel like people who don't like IPAs, who have an issue with those see-through IPAs, as I like to call them, if they try a hazy, they may feel a little yep. different about it. You know what I mean? But that was me. That was me. I was against all of them, and then I had some hazies, and I was like, oh, these are good. Yeah. A, a couple of sessions, too. There's a couple, what do they call them, session IPAs that aren't that bad either. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I just feel like with hazy IPAs, you can do so much. But I think it was you or somebody else described that you really can't fuck up an IPA. Yeah, you just make it as hoppy as possible, and everybody says how great it is. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, In fact, like you snake. can dry hop it where you put dry hops in to finish it, and, I mean, you could put gym floor water in a can of hops, yeah. and it'll come out hoppy as shit. Gross, so, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that about IPAs either. I think it was either you or somebody else told me about it, but I'm like, really? It's like, all right, that's kind of like a steak. You can't really fuck it up. You know, it's a, either comes yeah. out, you know, well done, which you can still eat, you know, seared on either side, which you can still eat, and whatever in between, you know. So I don't know if I have facts on what is it? USA Beer Ratings named Revision Brewery, uh, named Revision Brewing Brewery of the Year back in 2019. Uh, Where was it at? I don't know if I caught that. Where uh, was the brewery? Sparks, Nevada. Okay, cool. Sparks, cool. Nevada. Yeah. So uh, reading it off the the app that I get it. Uh, that's what I like about this app. They kind of break it down. It seems like as a review, it got a two and a half stars. 
Uh, and which I can kind of see, it, it, you know, it kind of runs flat towards the end. You know, it doesn't really have a lot of flavor. It's like your typical IPA, just not as crazy. Uh, right. The pineapple and lime dominate the taste buds, followed by an earthy hint of pine resin. And for some reason, they put Hopzilla. <laughs> uh, Dream pine Team. resin. It's an interesting little yeah, pine, description. Pine, pine resin. resin. But, uh, yeah, Smashing Sandcastles coming out uh, Revision Brewing Company from Sparks, Nevada. Again, this one's running at uh, uh, six horsepower. Uh, cool. Really not that bad. I mean, all around review is two point two or two point uh, two and a half stars, which I can get it. Um, I just I, I think I just bought it because of the label. But like you, man, um, again, for the summer, it's really hard to drink stouts and porters. Like you said, the only way I can really do it is in a fucking cold living room, <laughs> you know, where the air conditioner yeah. just blast at 64 degrees the entire time. That's the one time I can have an IP or an IPA, uh, a stout or a porter, because I'm not going to drink it outside. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, the you one and thing me are like have like the same beer blood, man. This is exact same. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of you know, and with the winter coming around right now, I'm pretty sure you're experiencing a little bit of the the rain and the cold and the chill right now. I am excited to bust open some of those porters that have been sitting there for about three four years, man. So that's one sure, thing that's sure. going to be opening up. I got a. Jesus Christ, I just opened up a Vietnamese porter that was sitting for about five years. Um, I forgot the name of it. I opened it with the band. Um, but it had uh, Walter from The Big Lebowski on it. Oh, yeah. You showed me Yeah, you showed me the label of that. Yeah. It was awesome. I forget yeah. the name of it. But yeah. that, that was a strong baby right there, man. That one, that one was pretty harsh. But uh, I got a couple. If you're going to put Big Lebowski characters on it, you better, nest, you better <laughs> not come weak. <laughs> But uh, that one sat at about 17% horsepower, which was great. <laughs> yeah, so uh, spread that between four or three people, actually. And, uh, yeah, man, that kind of that kind of put us in our seat right there. Um, it was yeah. a good time drinking it. There's, it. there's been a couple of other ones. Uh, what is it? Uh, I had a cream ale, which I was thinking about doing, but I, I think I'm going to save that one for the next one because that one was just goddamn awesome. I got uh I went to Cream Ales for the summer, some some uh some Czech Pilsners, regular Pilsners. Uh every now and then I'd get bored and just have like a Coors Light, which everyone I think everybody's had one of those. But I got a fridge back here that's just full of beers that need to be drank and I'm excited to drink them, but I'm way more excited to crack these uh these dark beers open, man, once the snow starts hitting or nice. once we get like fifty or forty degree weather. So you gonna you gonna bring that you gonna bring that Coors Light to the podcast? Here? <laughs> yeah, the day I do that, man. I do have I do have to admit something to you, and I'm I'm very ashamed of this, oh, but uh, I I did I did finally drink seltzers, hard seltzers, whatever you want to call them. Okay, so what? Okay, I, white white claws. <laughs> you little claw break. I did it. You. I did <laughs> it. I was it was my only option. It was my only choice. I was with some bad people that. <laughs> Uh, you gotta call them. Made... You gotta call them claw breakers, little claw breakers. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, like, explain it, man. Here's what... what. Here's what I'll say about it. I understand why it's a thing, but it still is just fucking unnecessary. <laughs> it, what it is is like. I mean, every person that drinks it, they're just like. But it's just like water. It just goes down so easy, and it's got no, like it alcohol in it. No, it's it like, doesn't. yeah, but. I don't need to drink alcohol to get alcohol in my system. I drink beer because I genuinely enjoy it. But, you know, the, the journey is the reward. I don't uh, need to, like, get it in me as fast as possible. Like, oh, but my was God. It, it wasn't nasty. It tasted like a black cherry LaCroix that was spiked. I mean, it was it was good, but, like, 
I didn't feel good about it. Yeah, I, you know, I, you like know, it was. I I had one. Uh, I was stopped overnight, and I parked at at a Walmart parking lot. This was before everything happened with COVID, and I was able to go in at about eleven o'clock at night. And I'm like, I need a beer. I've been driving all damn day. Ran in, and I grabbed uh, a Modelo. I grabbed a Heineken. Because Walmart's not going to have a great selection. Yeah. The freezer, yeah, the fridge aisle. Pick. Yeah. And <laughs> I saw a white claw that was on sale. So I said, you know what, man? For two fifty, I'm gonna go ahead and grab this big ass can. I want to see what the what the, what the big hubbub is with this fucking drink. So I, I that was the first one I cracked open, and I got not even two sips into it. And I said, I don't know how people can fucking do this. Like now, I will say this: I was building a deck in the summer heat, so it was cold. It was like slamming water, but it had booze in it. Yeah, it's like so, five, it's like five percent, it, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's respectable, and what I would say, I mean, like, I slammed it. I, I was hot, building the deck, power tools, and I slammed the thing. My problem with it is, how do you not just, like, slam four of those and then, like, fall over? Like, <laughs> the, to me, it strikes me as, like, the best thing that ever happened to, like, teenage girls. Like, that's what it is. It's, oh, like, this well, teenage girl drink. But, the, like, why are grown-ass 40-year-old men handing these out while i mean i was with dudes building a deck and they've got a cooler full of white claws man it was like embarrassing <laughs> i don't get it i don't get it no man. i don't either those like, are the, those are those those are the just... dudes who drink that are the same dudes that wear what are those called um cock rings <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Well, I guess I was gonna say something different, but yeah, those are those guys. <laughs> those are those guys. They're a little ballsy. Um, yeah, man, I I tried it. I couldn't drink it, and I just dumped it. I was like, well, there goes two fifty, and I just dumped it out the window. Uh, the one thing I can say, I don't know if it would be the equivalent to that, but I did have a Bud Light lemonade. I don't know if you ever had, dude. It is really not that fucking bad. It is actually pretty I, good. It is really refreshing. I, Shockingly. I can go I can go the like not your not your mama's root beer or whatever that thing's whatever that stuff's called. Like that shit's fucking good. You ever Maybe had a like, you ever made a root beer float with that? No, but that would be dynamite. It is. It pretty much is, dude. Go for it. Try it. I have a root beer float like once a decade, and every time I'm due, I'm like, why don't I do this every day of my life? Because you end up looking like me. You look like me if you do that every day of your life, man. (laughs) And then you wait like 10 more years to have another root beer float. So, no, but that's a great idea. Like, a straight up, what's it? Is it not your mama's or not your father's? Not your, I think it's like not your father's or not Not, your daddy's or something like that. Not your daddy's root, whatever that's called. Like, that stuff's, I mean, that was legit. That was good. I wouldn't drink like a six pack of them. Like, one is good, but. Yeah, I got a, um, I got a, I got a, a dessert beer in there that I think I'm gonna crack open on the next episode or maybe somewhere along the line. But yeah, back to that man. The I I I ordered a cream ale off that off that app, which I'm taking a break from, man, because I just spent way too much money on that, and it. I feel like me ordering from that app is stopping me from going to other breweries, which I should be fucking doing. Um, but. I forgot where the fuck I was going with this, man. I was, uh, yeah, a couple of desserts. Cream ale. Yeah, so I off that app, I ordered a pistachio cream ale. Yeah, I mean, the whole I, reason I haven't downloaded that app is because I just can't afford it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like it's, you'll definitely be like, ah, dude, that last one, I, I dropped at least a couple hundred dollars on just getting beers. And I got beers in this box that's going to be there for a while. 
So any anybody listening that wants to be on the Roger and Stone show and kill some of these beers with me, man, please hit me up. But um, yeah, man, I'm ex- I'm excited for you. Uh, you know, patience, I guess, is is a virtue right now when it comes to getting things done. Hopefully, they find something that'll end this, so that way, you know, I mean, I was looking forward to getting out and traveling. Uh, I wanted to do yeah. a, a quick weekend, uh, like a three day weekend out in Canada. Um, I don't know if you watched the show Letter Kenny. Um, they're based out of Ontario, and they have a brewery called Smash Brewing or Stack Brewing. I think it's Stack Stack Brewing, but they have like a lager called Puppers. And every time something happens in the show, and I get this fucking guy a Puppers, you know, or something like that. But they sell that gotcha. actual beer, and I wanted to go buy the beer, you know, buy a case of it, and then on the way back down, you know, stop at the brewery. Well, I wanted to go up. And then try to pick up beers like, well, they probably wouldn't let me. But coming back down, pick up either beers, stopping at breweries in Wisconsin or Michigan, coming back down home and just loading up and then stocking them away and and whatnot. Sure. That would not doubt that was kind of a plan. But then, you know, shit happened. And they're like, hey, man, the U.S. passport ain't shit. So don't bother coming here. Yeah, like, nobody's ah, the rest of the world is watching us like straight up Jerry Springer. They don't want no us around. Man. Shit, man. No shit. But anyway, I guess that's something we could talk about uh after. Um Yeah, man, let's go ahead and knock this out. I wanna hear uh well you already told me what you wanted to listen to, but I'm gonna be honest with everybody right now, man. Things you know what today I was supposed to be home earlier, but I wasn't, and then uh Nate kind of switched it up on me. But um yeah, I called what, the old switcheroo. Switcheroo when it came to the music. So I wasn't able to listen to the song, but you being the great explainer, I'm pretty sure you'll be uh, breaking this song down fairly well, sir. So what do you got for us to listen to today? Yeah, so I actually brought my personal favorite band of all time, uh, Frightened Rabbit. That's just my personal favorite band of all time. Can't get enough of them. Love everything they do. Been a fan forever. Got to see them once because they're not from the USA. They're from actually from uh, Scotland. Um, and uh, I've done some U.S. tours, but it's not like they're on tour every year in the U.S. So I got to see him one time, uh, love the guy, bought some artwork for him, brought a book from him, actually have a signature uh, written out to me personally. I just can't say enough about him, my personal favorite band, Frightened Rabbit. So I did change up my songs, being my very favorite band. It's pretty hard to settle on one song, and I sent Roger a song and said this one, and then changed it up and said no, this one, and then changed it up (laughs) again and said no, this one. So I did settle on uh, The Modern Leper, which I think is the best intro to Frightened Rabbit. It's the first Frightened Rabbit song I ever heard, so I think that's a good place to start. It's not necessarily their best, deepest, most interesting, but it's a great damn song. And it's just a good place to start if you've never heard them. So like I said, they're from Scotland and uh, formed in early early 2000s uh, and, and, and kind of came about in Glasgow, which there's a little, a little music movement, you could call it in Glasgow, like this kind of folky, punky rock kind of out of Glasgow, uh, and bands like Frightened Rabbit, Twilight Sad, We Were Promised Jetpacks, kind of all that in that same genre. Uh, and and side note, I think the band name We Were Promised Jetpacks might be like my favorite band name. That's just like <laughs> clever and catchy and like yeah. fuck yeah, we were promised jetpacks and we never got them. So like it's a great band name. I do um, like that. So that was supposed to be but, their original uh, band name. Do what? That was supposed to be their original band name. 
No, no, no. There is a band. The, the, these, oh. these, these are some of the big bands that came out of Glasgow. Oh, Twilight gotcha. Sad, okay. Frightened Rabbit, and We Were Promised Jetpacks are probably your three biggest that like you can you know like that, that made it. That, that, that are, are you know household names in America, or maybe not household names, but uh, this kind of Glasgow folky, punky, rocky indie movement. But uh, I'm not exactly sure why they just became my favorite band. I've always had kind of an affiliation for Scotland. I don't exactly know why. Something about the like rebellious independence of of Scotland. You know, Braveheart. Obviously, I think everybody knows the story of Braveheart, William Wallace, and Robert the Bruce, and just that. You can't tell a Scot what to do. Obviously, for me and you, Train Spotting goes way back. To oh, when we yeah. First met. Oh, yeah. All, all time favorite movie. So, somehow, my all time favorite movie is in Scotland. My all time favorite band's in Scotland. Um, you know, even something like the bagpipes, the accent, there's just something about Scotland that just captures my soul. I just love them. And one of the interesting things about Frightened Rabbit, the lead singer, uh, Scott Hutchison, is he. you can hear his Scottish accent when he sings. And there's there's this something about humans when we sing we don't have accents so you you know you hear somebody that has this beautiful just musical voice and then you hear him talk and it's just like this crazy accent like we don't sing in accents so somehow Scott Hutchison sings in an accent you could hear his Scottish accent in his in his singing which to me is super interesting because it's very rare it's very you know again it's just not it's very hard to do um, and two again I love Scotland something about it so it just kind of it just kind of scratches some itch and then the guy is just an absolute poet I mean he wears his heart on his sleeves he writes with just pure open emotion uh, he very much struggled with mental health uh, unfortunately he did take his own life a couple of years ago so struggled with mental health to the point of suicide um, and he was just so open and raw and honest about all of that and you know for people who don't know me I am not uh, overly emotional I am uh, you know very cards to the chest may or may not be a Westworld robot I still don't know um, so to like you know to hear somebody like just sing and put put it all out there um, I, that that gets me you know that pulls on my kind of heartstrings and and kind of makes my hair stand on end because I kind of get to I experience those emotions but I don't display them or show them like that so to hear or see somebody that does it just really resonates with me um, and I think uh, uh, the song that I'm doing Modern Leper is off uh, their second album but their first uh, uh, first official or, or uh, what do you call it when they're signed by somebody you know the first release was an indie their second one was an official album whatever mm -hmm. um, and and I think it's the greatest breakup album of all time um, and you can put it up there with uh, any of the great any of the great breakup albums I mean Bob Dylan blood on the tracks Fleetwood Mac rumors Bonnie Vard for Emma forever ago I guess everything Adele did, everything Taylor Swift did, everything Joni Mitchell did. I mean, you can put the, the album's called "The Midnight Organ Fight," uh, and you can put that up with any of the greatest breakup albums of all time. The whole album is about his breakup, Scott Hutchinson. It pretty much goes through all the emotions of a breakup, all the 
uh, you know, the relationship's bad, it's better that we're not together, but there's still something sad about that, but we can't quite get away from each other, and that kind of motif, that just, that uh, vulnerability, emotion, pain, anger, like all of it, just, he just explains it so well, he's got so many clever little lines, just to pull a couple of them out, um, these are not lines from this song, these are lines from other songs, but that capture that. Um, in one song, he says, I might never catch a mouse and present it in my mouth to make you feel you're with someone who deserves to be with you. Just that, like, imagery Fuck. of, like, catching a mouse and presenting it like a trophy, you know? As a gift. Um, uh, argue, yeah, arguably their best, just most perfect song is My Backwards Walk, and it's all about literally trying to, like, walk backwards to redo the past in regards to a relationship, and there's a line in it, after the breakup, but still not being able to get over somebody and still, you know, sleeping with somebody after you've broken up with them, which I think we've all we've all played that game before. Mm. But uh, the line is, I'm working hard on walking out, but shoes keep on sticking to the ground. My clothes won't let me close the door because my trousers seem to love your floor. Like, that line, my trousers seem to love your floor yeah. as a way to explain, like, still sleeping with somebody you've broken up with and knowing it's a bad idea. Like, to me, that's just brilliant. Like, he never says, we broke up, but we're still sleeping together. But in his poetry, that's what he's saying, just in a such, such more clever way. So, um, so yeah, the song is The Modern Leper, and it's literally about kind of that concept, breaking up with somebody, but coming back to them, knowing it's bad, but still coming back to them. Um, he calls himself a, a masochist in the song. Um, it has this folky, punky sound that, again, kind of came out of this little Glasgow movement at the time, um, somewhere between folk and punk and indie rock. Um, some stuff gets softer and quieter. Some stuff gets heavier and louder. Um, they made a number of albums and worked, you know, by, by the end of their career, they even worked with uh, Aaron Dresner from The National and... Mm. Uh, and you know they were, were producing, so you know they worked with with big names and got bigger productions. But this this was kind of their first official release, second album, the first official signed release, uh, Midnight Organ Fight. To me, it's a perfect album. It's perfect from beginning to end. He also pokes fun at religion a lot, which for me personally is just something that resonates with me. Um, questioning religion, poking fun at kind of the silliness of of organized religion. Uh, one of his songs literally opens Jesus is just a Spanish boy's name, which is just, <laughs> kind, of a, which is just kind of a funny opener to a song. Kind so of, yeah. 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 I mean, the guy, the guy wears his heart on his sleeve and, and writes poetry. And I just, it's my personal favorite band. And, you know, like I kind of touched on, unfortunately he did take his own life a couple of years ago and kind of, lost that battle with mental health and uh, there was a big uh, uh, kind of a big benefit and, and tribute album to them which was they were actually working on it before he took his own life but it took on even a kind of deeper meaning afterwards um, so it's it's this entire album the Midnight Organ Flight or Fight but uh, um, it is done by different bands so you have all of these different bands kind of paying tribute to him after his death by kind of remaking their most classic and and maybe you know best album, so you know that got very emotional. There is even a song in the Midnight Organ Fight where uh, uh, 
uh, floating in the fourth where one of the lines in it is I guess I'll save suicide for another day and he wrote that in you know the early 2000s and then you know took his own life whatever 15 odd years later or so so that made that even kind of heavier and going back and listening to this album now you know now I hear him say I guess I'll save suicide for another day and knowing that that's ultimately what happened to him in the end um, kind of you know gives it a gives it a little bit harder edge so um, it can be a bit I mean I guess I'll call it dark but in the sense that it is acknowledging pain and suffering and dealing with pain and suffering it's not dark for darkness sake you know it's not emo sitting in the corner cutting your wrist with razor blades it's just acknowledging that pain and suffering happen and it's shit we have to deal with and I kind of appreciate that of not trying to avoid it not trying to pretend it doesn't exist kind of facing it head on and grabbing it by the horns so Frightened Rabbit my personal favorite band Midnight Organ Fight or I'm sorry uh, Modern Leper's song off Midnight Organ Fight I love it walks amongst you all you tired human beings he's got all the things a cripple has not to working arms and legs and vital parts fall from his system and dissolve in Scottish rain vitally he doesn't miss him he's too fucked up to was I you in front of me coming back for even more they tell you the same well, you must be a masochist of a modern leopard on his last leg on his last leg
So, uh, like I told you during the break, man, I said you and uh, you and Joe. Everybody knows Joe. Joe's been on here before with us. I, I called you guys a couple of assholes when it comes to this type of music. Because the thing is with me, when it comes to like the National and and Frightened Rabbit and, and songs that sound just like this, I can't get into it. And I don't know if it's for the same reason, and I'm just kind of opening up here throwing this out. It's probably the same reason I won't go to an opera. It's probably because I will cry at that opera. <laughs> it's it's Because uh, when, when Joe and I took that trip to come down and see you to go to that tool concert. Um, this is all Joe was playing, you know, like, Hey, I'll drive. You listen to what you want to listen to. And I can't say that there wasn't, you know, besides the music, which I guess now it's something that, you know, listening to the first song that you had sent me listening to it. Now it, it, it starts kind of like touching a certain string in my body that is somehow connected to my fucking heart. But it's like listening to this music. I'm like, man, the music sucks. But these guys can write a fucking lyric, man. And that's exactly what it is. It's like I'm a, maybe I'm afraid of getting into this music for the simple fact that it, it's going to send me somewhere deep down in the back of my brain. That it's just like, hey, remember this? Remember this girl? Remember how much you were in love? And I'll just start fucking crying. <laughs> so... I mean, it, I'm just one of those guys with a, with a sensitive heart and thick skin, I guess. But, um, yeah, man, the guy, it, it, it's sad what happened to him. You know, I mean, it's never, it's, it's, it's always a sad fucking thing to hear that somebody did what they did. You know, and to know it's because of a mental, mental health issue. Um, I know a couple of people like that, and I, I hope they get their shit together soon, man, but, um. Yeah, dude, it, it, these guys, these guys, um, their their words really can hit a certain spot in your body, man. It just sends you back and think of something sad or, you know, make you think about shit. And it is a good song, man. It is a good song. Dude, that, that, those guys, uh, that guy's a great songwriter. Yep. I mean, again, he, he put his, he put his heart in his sleeve and, and. You know, you can definitely hear that, and and like you said, even if you don't necessarily like the vibe, like the music, you can appreciate that. Like, that's a good, that's a well crafted song. Mm. Uh, you know, it's well written song. It is. Oh, you know what, man? I listened to a couple of them. Like, I think there was a couple of them you sent me that I listened to. Uh, there was a couple of them that Joe had sent me that I listened to. And aside from outside of that, uh, even the national, I'm just like, man, like these guys can fucking write their ass off, man. Yeah, they're they're they're. I could just imagine what they have hidden away in a composition notebook somewhere. That's just, you know, if this is just lyrics, I can just imagine their regular writings, their poems, their stories. Yeah, that guy's got a lot of notebooks. That's no what I'm doubt. saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I I used to date a girl that could write her ass off, man. And some of that shit, I'm just I was like young and stupid, but some of it just, you know, I'm like, dude, this this is some good shit, you know. But uh. I don't know, man. I wish I had. I wish I had that kind of brain to where I could write my feelings in such a such an awesome way. But I, I, I just can't. I just play the drums. I make noise. <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, man. Uh, what, and I uh, just want to tell the people the name of that song one more time, and then we'll go over to me. The Modern Leper by uh, Frightened Rabbit. Check it out. All right.
So what I got today, something simple, nothing crazy. These guys are called bad, bad, not good. And uh, it's basically they're they're an inst they're they're an instrumental instrumental Jesus instrumental group, um, and I think they're coming out of somewhere in Canada if I'm correct. They're, yeah, actually, speaking of which, Ontario. We were talking about them earlier. These guys are coming out of uh, uh, Toronto. Uh, they're basically like a jazz based ensemble. Um, so it's you know. It's like 70s soul jazz, alternative hip-hop, experimental electronica. It's just basically like anybody I show this to, they're like, oh, that's cool, man. I'm like, yeah, it's just three white dudes, man. <laughs> three white dudes throwing down, and, and it, it's pretty goddamn cool. Um, yeah, so uh, I, th these guys were shown to me by a gentleman out in, when I was living in San Diego. His name was Miguel. Shout out to Miguel if he's listening. I doubt he is. He doesn't know I'm doing this. I haven't talked to that guy in years, but uh, he brought it up to me. We're, we're training music back and forth, and he was an L.A. guy, but he was deep into hip-hop. And it's uh, the reason I picked these guys today uh, was because lately a lot of the music I've been listening to has just been strictly instrumental. No words, just music. Um, and I think the reason behind that being is with everything that's going on, um, I... I <sighs> I really don't want to deep dive into something or a memory and it just angering me and, you know, just shooting me back to something I don't want to think of. So usually when that happens, I'll switch over to something instrumental where there is no words. And that tends to help me like just sit down, think of my own things, try to figure shit out in my own head instead of having lyrics just going through, you know, whether it be about a breakup or whether it be about a best friend or whatever it may be. So a lot of the times that's what I end up doing. I'll switch over to to jazz or, you know, something, you know, if I want to get something, you know, like a, a little bit more upbeat, I'll listen to like, you know, a Buddy Rich, some kind of big band or like, for instance, Bad, Bad, Not Good. Yeah, I'll listen to these guys and <laughs> just to try and center myself, because as of lately with everything that's been going on and like how I said earlier that the reason I feel like the podcast hasn't been doing so well is because I've been caught up in just so much of everything that's been going on and I needed to take a step back. Um, just a lot of it, I guess being like, are my friends still my friends? You know, do, do my fan, does my family think I'm this sort of person that I'm really not? And it's starting to bother me thinking, is this what's really going on? Yeah, and it, it, it just kind of, my, my brain was scattered all over the place. I wasn't focusing on the things I needed to focus on. And just things weren't going the way I wanted them to go. And my, it was just flooded with all this bullshit. And then I remember back in the day, this is what I used to do. Listen to instrumental. And it slowly just started bringing me back. So, the reason I'm bringing out Bad, Bad, Not Good uh, is simply because of that reason. I I mean, what better way to you know, kickstart the beer in a song than with, you know, the reason why I wanted to kick up, you know, kickstart beer in a song again. So sure. the song is called Bad, Bad, Not Good. Uh, and the or the group is called Bad, Bad, Not Good. All one word for everybody looking. Just Bad, Bad, Not Good. No spaces. Uh, the song is called Tones Rap.
man, that was bad, bad, not good. Tones rap, Nate. What you got to say about that, sir? Yeah, I mean, I liked it. Uh, I didn't get a chance to check out the whole album because we kind of got, I don't want to say threw this together, but we we got our songs to each other late in the game. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just listened to the track that you sent me, but uh, I, I like instrumentals. Um, maybe not necessarily for the same reason you described, but I totally understand why you, why you would say that. That's a very uh, interesting and makes sense take on, on instrumentals is just take, taking a step back from everything and just, you know, hearing and enjoying the music, vibing on that. Um, I like instrumentals for things if I'm, if I'm multitasking and I don't want to be kind of like taken out of what I'm working on, like, you know, obviously like painting or artwork's an easy one that everybody would understand. Um, or if you're working on something that you got to concentrate on, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of music. Sometimes words can take me out. If I'm listening to a podcast, it's hard to concentrate on like the things they're talking about and if I'm trying to concentrate on something. So instrumentals, to me, are perfect for that, where you can get music, you can get that vibe, you can get that mood, but you can focus on whatever else it is you're focusing on and kind of not get distracted. Um, or even early in the morning. I am not a morning person. I am terrible at mornings. I hate them. <laughs> I love music, but I not not necessarily even want to hear like somebody singing and talking. I don't want to mm-hmm. think about shit. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you say you use it as like a centering, I totally understand that. Where in the morning, I I, I have a uh, uh, I put on Beethoven a lot in the morning because oh, I go. don't want to hear I, I don't want to hear. I don't want to think about shit. I don't want to hear some what somebody has to say, but I want some background noise. I want some music. So Beethoven and Beethoven is just kind of my go-to. But like you said, jazz, you know, instrumentals. So I very much understand where you're coming from with that, and and perfectly valid, good point mm-hmm. of, you know, I appreciate instrumentals for kind of the same reasons, but maybe in a different flavor or different use, but. Absolutely. It's a centering point. It's a way to kind of both stimulate the brain, but maybe not in the ways you don't want it to be or only, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, it, it just makes a lot of sense to me. So I dug the song. I dug the vibe. I will no doubt kind of listen to the whole album and, and check mm-hmm. out more of their stuff. Um, I just did get a chance to today um, other than the song, but totally good song, totally good kind of vibe to it, energy to it pace and flow um it's not too energetic in that you're like bebopping and dancing yeah but it definitely gets you moving and kind of grooving and it, it it's both kind of upbeat and chill kind of at the same time yeah it kind of stays in a good stays in a good place so mm-hmm. i i enjoyed it yeah it's definitely uh i think i i think what what i grew what what attracted me to it was that it did have that kind of mellow hip-hop element to it it also had that kind of smooth kind of 70s like jazz kind of light funky type of thing going now um again sticking with that i kind of can see where you're coming from with the whole like listening like when i wake up in the morning i don't want to listen to you know something aggressive you know and that's understandable you know there's usually uh like i'll go to uh and i may bring them up later on you know sometime in the future with the with the podcast but that uh sylvan iso uh that girl's voice is just so like mellow and gentle like that's a good way to start the morning so usually i'll do that but the cool thing about this album 
and you may have noticed it in the song, on the side of the name, it said instrumentals. The reason being is because when these guys created the album, I guess, uh, and anybody listening out there, you can go ahead and check it out. It's still the name. What was the name of it? I'm sorry. I, I, I'm <laughs> being dumb here. I should have memorized this. But the name of the album that I did was called Sour Soul. The thing about this album is Ghostface Killer from Wu-Tang actually took this entire album and added lyrics to it. Oh, wow. So you can actually go and listen to it because this one just says Soul Sour Instrumental. And then you can go and find Soul or, or Sour Soul. I'm sorry, Sour Soul Instrumentals. And then you can find Sour Soul with Ghostface Killer on the cover. And it is actually a pretty cool album because it fits that's perfectly cool, with his voice. Yeah, that's a cool kind of journey through that, too. Like I listened to it with instrumentals and then listened to it with, with, with Ghostface. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty that cool, but cool. he ended up picking it up and doing his own thing with it. These guys got a ton of albums, and you know they're all pretty much just mellow as shit, man. But along with that, again, listening to the whole, you know, just instrumentals. Another one that I that I, I'm gonna throw a name out there uh, is uh, Strawberry Girls. That's another one you can listen to every now and then. They'll have you know uh, um, an artist come on and sing, but it's nothing. It's nothing crazy. It's very light, but. They're a little more, I don't want to say heavier, but they're, you know, they're a little bit more wild when it comes to the music, but I like it. It's another one of those, like, later on in the day, if I don't want to hear lyrics, I just want to hear music. Sure. So that was my pick for the day, ladies and gentlemen, Bad, Bad, Not Good, uh, Tones Rap. And again, you can listen to this album with Strictly Instruments, and then you can also go over and, uh, is that me? It might be you. No, you might hear the rain. Yeah, me. yeah. I thought it was raining over here. It just got done. But uh, Tones yeah. Rap, Bad, Bad, Not Good, and Instrumental. And if you guys are really into Wu-Tang and you like Ghostface, Killer, go check out uh, the other version with just him called uh, Sour Soul. But, um, but yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's it. I switched over to, uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I switched over to Buffalo Trace. Uh, straight bourbon whiskey. One of my go-to bourbons. So anybody out there is looking to try something a little bit lighter, a nice go-to, try that out. Mm. Nice. So, yeah, man. So what else has been happening with you, Nate? Anything else you want to talk about, sir? Uh, Three-and-a-half-year-old, about to be a four-year-old. Oh, That's pretty much, uh Pretty much most of my, most of my time. I mean, That's I'm cool. sure you heard the rain hit here. I'm in a, a metal-roofed cabin in the mountains, and the rain just blasted us so uh, <laughs> yeah it's pretty hard not to hear pouring rain in a metal roof cabin so. yeah man I, I am quite jealous of you guys living out in the woods the way you're living man i always uh i always pictured myself ending up there at the end of my life like somewhere in the middle of the woods being able to go out and hunt at any time if i was allowed to um yeah yeah but, uh, i'm getting a uh like 300 year old uh, muzzle loader, uh, powder, powder loader, muzzle rifle, uh, ramrod. Yeah. Powder. You tear, you know, tear the powder off, pour mm -hmm. it in, ramrod, the ball, uh, rifle. So I got a couple hundred year old double barrel shotgun and a few hundred year old ramrod, uh, muzzle rifle. Oh, so. dude, that's so fucking cool, man. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Cause I'm a, I'm a, as people like to call a gun nut. Um, yeah. I don't no, know shit about fan. guns, and I, you know, like modern guns, I don't know nothing about. But you, you give me a couple of year, a couple hundred year old gun, and I'll take it out in the woods and shoot it. That's Dude, that's cool. so cool, though. That's really cool. I'm kind of jealous. 
I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> Come on down. Yeah. So hopefully, man, I'm already uh, I'm already kind of throwing money aside to figure out where I want to go. My only thing is uh, somebody made a good uh, a good uh, or uh, my buddy Randy. He made a, a comment about um not wanting to be somewhere where it's completely brown because I was thinking like, man, I want to get out of here. Where am I going to go? I don't want to deal with snow anymore. Maybe Arizona. But he was like, yeah, that fucking heat, though, man, 120. Yeah, but it's dry. He's like, yeah, I, I just want to be somewhere in the woods. And I started thinking, like, shit, that's where I want to end up. I just don't want to drive in the snow. And then I remember asking you about winter by you. And you said, what do you get? Just, like, ice rain? Yeah, so, I mean, the nice thing, I mean, I've lived in Chicago area. I've lived in South Florida. I've lived in South Carolina, like, South Carolina and North Carolina really is, like, the best because you get all four seasons really well. Um, you know, South Florida is just way too hot, way too much. Mm. Chicago is just way too cold, way too much. Yeah. Like, South Carolina, you get everything, and you have mountains and beaches all mm. in the same state. You just get everything you want. So, but, you know, we have winter, but we, we, really, we really only have, you know, if it snows once in a winter, it's a big to-do because there's snow. Um, we might get a couple ice storms, but for the most part, winter is just cold, but it's not snow. There's no plows. There's nothing like that, um, but it gets cold. So you have all your temperatures, all your seasons. You know, fall is spectacular in the mountains with the, with the changes. Uh, spring is spectacular with everything blooming, although you do got to deal with allergies, man. Spring is beautiful, but... Be prepared to like be drenched in your own snot for six yeah. weeks straight. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, but you know, I like it. I've lived in a lot of places, and in, in Western North Carolina and Upper uh, Western South South Carolina, the Upstate as it's called, it's pretty hard to beat this area, man. It is just beautiful country. Um, you know, there are. It's not all pros. There are some cons, um, but uh, it, it's beautiful country, and you get all four seasons. You know, really well. What would be your cons? Uh, not a lot of diversity. Oh, geez. <laughs> as, some, as somebody who lived in South Florida for ten years and got, you know, you go to the park and you hear five different languages. You could have every kind of food imaginable. You know, I've got a little girl, and for her to be exposed to all these different cultures and people and diversity, I enjoyed. I live in South Kakalaki. It's you know, uh, there's 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 really only one mindset out here, and it's, oh, uh, it? so me moving not, out there just might you know I might get like oh he's too brown. <laughs> I mean, it's I don't want to act like it's like just openly like terribly racist, but it's the South, yeah. and you can't pretend that like that ignorance isn't here. You oh know? yeah, that's um, yeah. It's it's not a diverse culture. Let me put it that way. So well, that's was, my biggest con. I was thinking about, you know, you mean if I wanted to get all four seasons but not have to deal with the snow, but now you're you're changing my mind. That's it. <laughs> you're changing my I mean, mind, man. God damn it, Nate. Come on. Come on, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't know. I mean I'm 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 still thinking about it. I want to figure it out. I want to figure out where I want to end up, but it's definitely not gonna be here. I'm just done with these winners. Especially, I have a feeling that this winter's gonna be goddamn terrible, man, with everything that's been going on. I have a feeling someone's gonna have a uh, what is it a uh, a gender reveal party and we're gonna have the a massive yeah. snowstorm, <laughs> much like uh, California. Somebody uh, did something stupid with a gender reveal party and now twenty thousand people are out of homes. <laughs> so I don't know, man. We'll uh, I'll figure it out eventually. But um, 
Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know, man. I guess we can end it right here, dude. It's been fucking fun doing this again, man. Yeah, I love it, man. If nothing else, just bullshitting, drinking a beer. I mean, it's always a good time. Always. Um, definitely look forward to another in-person uh, special edition episode because that yeah. was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. But uh, we'll hopefully be headed up there in spring. Um, okay. You know, Frankie and Juan moved to Chicago. They're official Chicago you were, ends. You were telling so, me. You were telling me. What moved uh, them up this way, Jobs? Yeah, he was doing a training for his job. I mean, we we all lived in South Florida. Then we moved to Greenville. Then his job sent him to training in Greenville, which was just like the biggest fluke in the world. And then after his training, he took an official position in Chicago. So mm. that's where they are for the foreseeable future. And uh, we hope to get up there and see them and see you all. And I've still got family in the area. So yeah. Yeah. Um, we're hoping that spring will, you know, COVID will be a little bit, hopefully, you know, I don't want to say done, but, you know, hopefully it'll be easy to travel come spring. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've been on a financial roller coaster with trying to start a business that ultimately we couldn't start during COVID. So we, you know, we didn't really have travel and monies. So hopefully come spring, we're all kind of in a little bit better position and uh, can can do some uh, do some traveling and do some seeing some people we need to be seeing. Uh, and, and getting up there for you and Joe and just seeing y'all. Yeah, man. I mean, even if, you know, you come up here and you start hanging out with Juan, why don't you just swing on by, dude? I got four mics. You know, one for you, you oh, one yeah. for Juan, one for Joe. Yeah, I, and and as, as, far, yeah. as, as far as I remember, you telling me you and Juan would get into deep conversations about music. Oh, he, he would, dude, he'd be perfect. He'd fit right in. Like, perfect. That would like be great. Talking about drinking some beer and talking songs, like, dude, would be in. So, oh, yeah. And, um, and this fridge we, is always we, stocked with beer, man, so. Fuck yeah, it, that would be awesome. we can we can make that happen, and and he's as I mean, you Joe and Juan are like will always be friends no matter what. Yeah. You know, even if we didn't like talk for a number of years, the second we talk again, it's like, dude, what's up? Great to see you. What are we doing? And you like, know what? It's it's like you know, because I I had dude, I hadn't seen Joe since December. I had not hung out with him and whatever else, and we finally hung out. We had a talk. We had a debate. But it's like I told it's like I told this girl. I'm like, I mean, nothing's changed. I mean, that's how you know you have a best friend is if you have not yeah. seen them in such a long time. And it's like, there's no, well, what the fuck happened? Where you been? It's basically yeah. you're picking up where you left off. Yeah, that's how you, you don't know have there's... to address why you yes didn't talk. exactly. It's just it's like, just... what's up? What are we doing? Yeah, and it's just, it was that, and that's what was cool about it. And that's what I explained it. I'm like, dude, it's that's how you know we're great buddies we're picking up where we left off there's no like well where the hell did you go it's just like hey remember yeah. this remember fucking whatever whatever and it's just like nothing ever happened it was like we just got done hanging out two days ago and you know, and it's yeah. been since december so that's we all a, get caught up in our own you know shit and deal with the things we got to deal with and time goes on by i mean it's it's crazy how time goes on by you know you get oh, yeah. busy with something and you look up and it's like you know three months later and you're like well damn how did that happen yeah that's what i that's what i tell my niece i'm like enjoy it while you can because tomorrow you're gonna wake up you're gonna be 42 <laughs> yeah you're gonna be 42 it's, it's and, nuts. Then, and then pain hurts more every day so get used yeah to, dude get i got ready. i got a bum knee what the fuck is going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah like man my back never used to hurt <laughs> no now, now i gotta do yoga just to stay uh, dude that's not even a joke <laughs> yeah no, i'm just like all right man everyone's talking about this yoga shit let me give it a try like you know what okay okay i can actually turn a little bit better now after the session and i can just yeah imagine that's not even more. a joke yeah, yeah, man, I'm buying fucking 
foam rollers and, and chirp wheels and whatever else just to kind of stay functional, man. You know, especially yeah. with the job I have. So I hit the yoga wheel today. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. See, now what's the difference? Let me ask you, what's the difference between a yoga wheel and a chirp? I don't know what a chirp is, so I don't oh, know. Well, fuck, never mind. The you, wheel what? is is like maybe like maybe like a twenty four inch diameter, mm -hmm. and like I I have a bad back, so I roll my back over it, and it it like I got bad posture where my back arches forward, mm -hmm. so this arches it back, but at a perfect you know circular angle, so I'm yeah. not like damaging myself yeah. it, it, my wife was a yoga instructor so i oh, get everything I, I just do everything through her awesome so yeah yeah that sucks man was she holding classes before all this covid shit happened or um no she did it in florida she oh, hasn't done it since okay. we moved to south carolina but uh, um she was a yoga instructor she was she she's always worked in um like marketing but she had like part-time she's a certified yoga instructor so she oh, had a part-time gotcha. she taught in in florida um, but since we moved up here, um, she hasn't done it. Right on. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's one thing I've been doing here. I guess there's a, there's a thing that I, I follow. It's uh, Black Swan Yoga, and it used to be a part of the the uh, On It. Um, on It is like uh, they sell like uh, workout equipment, nutritional supplements. That's where I get okay. my my alpha brain. It's like a cognitive brain enhancer. They have a whole bunch of like organic shit that you can take to kind of uh, benefit you in your life and little things here and there with your health. But they offer like the thing. One of the things I have from them that I paid for is uh, it's called On It Six, and it's a six week workout program there where you can just use a kettlebell, you can use your body weight, you can use a barbell or whatever they have different things and one of one of the things they offered was a thing called black swan yoga and i'm like shit i guess i could use that that'll help and uh yeah it, it, it kind of does it kind of does i'm not mad at it it helps definitely does help every now and then like at least three i'll, I'll try to get at least three days a week in with just that <laughs> Can you see my cat yeah awful. just right in the middle <laughs> like pay attention to me <laughs> but yeah man so um guess yeah man i guess we'll, we'll we'll end it on that note with with yoga with yoga and then uh probably pick it back up uh with everything else that's been going on I, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from all the political shit i got a buddy coming in tomorrow we're gonna talk about uh 9-11 and i'm sh pretty sure conspiracies are gonna come up so i gotta you gotta prepare for that mentally so <laughs> i mean they can't i mean you can't have a conversation about anything without conspiracy without some anymore, sort of so. conspiracy yeah. yeah yeah you know so but, Nate, man, once again, it is always a fucking pleasure having you on. It is always great talking to you, man. Um, I do appreciate you uh, coming on and doing this with me, man. Gave me kickstarted again with this because I didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, I had no idea if this was going to happen ever again. And I'm seeing other guys do podcasts, and they're they're doing way better. And they're taking the – and I don't want to say taking, but they're doing the same thing I am with beer. And I'm like, man, I'm getting kind of jealous, man. I got to get this shit going again, man. So – Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to do this with me, buddy. I appreciate you. Always a good time. Always a good conversation. And uh, I don't care if the thing airs or not, man. I'll always drink a beer and bullshit with you. Awesome, man. I appreciate you. I love you, man. And then uh, we'll catch up again, man. Ladies and gentlemen, another episode of Beer and a Song with Nate. Hopefully next time we can get Joe. I want to get Joe on here again. I was trying to get him on here this time, but I don't know what the hell happened. I guess he's got stuff to do. But, Nate, thank you. Anything else you want to say before we go? Uh, we'll holla.
<laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Take care.